listening to Throw the Podcast, brought to you by ThrowTheX.com, the very best in mediocre wrestling journalism. And now your hosts, Jay Gunter and Ben Conrad. That's right, we're back here for some episode 9 action. Thank you all for joining us. And you'll be glad you did because this is another very special episode of Throw the Podcast. But first, I gotta ask, Jay, last time I talked to you, buddy, you weren't, uh, you weren't in the best shape. How you doing? How's that uh, crown, crown jewel recovery process going? Ben, how the hell are you? Look, uh, crown jewel, the only thing that comes to mind is uh, New Orleans WrestleMania weekend. Remember when that dominatrix threw you in the barber chair, spun you around, and then threw liquor in your mouth? That is how that that is how Crown Jewel made me feel. And the day after Crown Jewel, I felt like you felt the day after that happened. But uh, but good news, you know, I, I took some Tylenol, drank some red Gatorade, and uh, I'm I'm good to go. I'm I'm ready for today. Wow, great great analogy. All right, listeners. Uh, what Jay was trying to tell you is three hand grenades on Bourbon Street by 10 a.m. is too many hand grenades on Bourbon Street. Um, <laughs> okay, so I self-appointed myself as this week's special guest general manager of Throw the Podcast. Jay, I hope you're cool with that. Yeah, go for it, and, buddy. And as general manager, I've got a special announcement. This week's episode is now a triple threat. And that triple threat starts... Jay, finish me off. Right now. Joining us live is none other than Thomas Fenton from WrestlingNewsWorld.com. Tommy, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us. How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you guys? I'm good. Jay, how? <laughs> I'm better than Jay is. He's slowly getting there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Crown Jewel was just a, an absolute nightmare. <laughs> that's that's all he's been talking about since Friday morning. It it damn near killed my co-host Tommy. So we've got some questions for you. We we took some fan questions on Twitter at TTX Wrestling. Um, but I've got a couple of my own. If that's all right with you, uh, let's start with Crown Jewel. What is your what was your biggest takeaway from the pay per view? Biggest takeaway from the event would be the PR nightmare that WWE suffered going into it. Or your biggest... Uh, follow, um, follow up the PR nightmare by having Shane McMahon win the Best in the World Tournament. Follow okay, well, if you could with pick... having a main event of Brock <laughs> Lesnar absolutely destroy Braun Strowman, who it you have still built going, for the Jay. last year and a half. It was not a good show on any level. Yeah, it's, it sounds that way. You just you just rattled off about five things there before I could finish my sentence. Uh, sounds like sounds like you didn't like the show much either, Tom. Can we go back to something for a moment, guys? Sure. Can, can, was there a good takeaway from Crown Jewel? It ended. Yeah, <laughs> that was okay. Agreeable. Was great but from from the actual show, if we look at it, was there anything on that show of a redeeming quality that they needed to do? And you answer this, you know, I'm not getting back into this. I'm not doing this again. Um, Shawn Michaels super kicked Kane's mask off his face. I think I'm more upset. Does that count that as I, good? I think or I'm more upset. Is that, that just I, me looking for? No, it's just not good. I'm just I, looking I look for at, positives at this point, Tom. I, I look at Shawn and I think to myself, 
was I better off not seeing you in the ring ever again than in this match? <laughs> and I don't blame Sean. It's not Sean's fault. He didn't choose to carry the 18-minute match by himself because Triple H got hurt. I understand, you know, things change. But man, oh, man, it, it was hard to watch. I, I don't know how you guys felt watching not, not the Crown Jewel whole show, but Sean in general in the ring. Um, okay. Sean in general in the ring, I'm going to cut you off for a second because that was a follow-up. Now, okay. in that ring, you're right, Sean had to carry the match for, for a long time. Yeah. But they were over 200 years of age in that ring at one time. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you think about that, that's remarkable. Now, is it remarkable? there were a lot of crowd chants. No, hang on. Is it remarkable? Or is it the sheer fact that WWE has an inability to build new superstars that we have to use the ones from 20 years ago? Well, that's what's so remarkable to me about it, that there were over 200 years in that ring at the same time just to build one event when you could be building younger talent. Now, during that match, there were a ton of crowd chants, the, the you know, the you still got it chants. So my question to you, Tom, is does HBK still have it? And and if he does, does he have another match left in the tank? You know, I don't know what it is for Shawn Michaels. I, I think the it is up to him. I know for me personally, if I got to see a match and Sean could give me 75%, 70% of what he was, it's still better than 80% of now. So I wouldn't mind seeing it at all. I I think if he was interested in doing it, he's still in great shape. But my caveat to that is it has to be with somebody who you plan on pushing or somebody a little younger who you want to give the rub to. It can't be another Legends match. No one needs it. I don't think that's what anyone wants. I think when you think, okay, we're going to get one more Sean match, I really think you think Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, and maybe a little drop-off after the top two, Johnny Gargano. I don't, for me personally, need to see Sean ever go out there again and work The Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, even John Cena at this point. What are your thoughts as far as, you know, if he did it again? I, I I personally think if you ever needed proof that Thomas Fenton himself listens to Throw the Podcast, here it is. Because he basically quoted Ben with the people who he thinks that Shawn Michaels should wrestle. I mean, it, <laughs> that, that, was, that was almost creepy because Ben <laughs> named those exact names. And, and you're absolutely right. He needs somebody in the ring that can carry him when he needs it. Sean made his career carrying people. That's what he did. That's what he was good at. He could get in a ring with anybody and carry that match. And now I think it's time to pay him back. I Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing him doing one more, as long as it's with a Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, somebody like that. And, and Ben, I know you sure as hell agree with that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and Tom, I can't help but to latch on to something you just said. You said Shawn Michaels at 70% is still better than 80% of the roster. Yeah, it did. Which makes total sense. I mean, we do have I, listeners I from Ohio that are going to have to rewind this. But having said that, do you want to see a Shawn Michaels comeback, um, a singles match, possibly at a WrestleMania, for the nostalgia factor or for the wrestling factor, in your opinion? 
Well, I'll, I'll piggyback up on what I said. And it, it wasn't an insult to any of the current talent or current workers. What it is, is how Sean was showcased on TV. It was the facials. It's the reactions. It's the story he told in the ring. It's not the athleticism today. And Sean's not the athlete that these guys are today. And no, Sean's not the better worker today. It's, it's that all around grouping of how big of a star he was. If he still had anything left to do one match, then I, I'd want to see it. And what was your follow up again, man? I'm sorry. My follow up was if. Indeed, this match does happen. You put Shawn Michaels against a younger talent, possibly at a WrestleMania, maybe a Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles. Is this a match that you would want to see for the wrestling, or is this a match that you would want to see just for that that pop in front of your TV, that 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 mark out, that nostalgia, you know, that that twenty minutes of nostalgia? In your I, opinion, I, I think for me, you know, it's my opinion. I think it would be kind of in the middle. I think the wrestling between Sean and Brian, I don't think you'd ever seen Brian work harder than if he worked Sean. I think it'd be the hardest we'd ever see Brian work. And he would make sure the match is great. I, I think with AJ, it's a similar situation. I think it's a lot different of a scenario because you look back and you have the, you know, really the story to tell with Brian Danielson training with Sean Michaels. Um, I really do think that's probably where WWE would go. That would be my guess would be those two if they went with it. And, you know, from a nostalgia standpoint, to give Sean one more Mr. WrestleMania moment, I think would be kind of cool. But again, how much longer are we going to rely on these past stars for? It's not Sean's fault. He picked up and got a big payday. It's the WWE mentality. Right. And and that's another good point. I know uh, HBK is, is Jay's all-time favorite wrestler. That's, that's well known. So, Jay... To you, would would that be a nostalgia factor? We go to WrestleMania every year because we cover this. Um, would that be a, a nostalgia, something for you to, you know, get out of your seat about? Or is that a match that you would actually be focused on? It would be pure nostalgia for me. And and I totally get what Thomas is saying. And, and it makes complete and total sense. And, and once again, this is just my opinion. But but for me, it goes back to the the Barry Sanders factor. Or or for Thomas Fenton, you know, he's a huge Red Wings guy. I know this for a fact. So it would be the Steve Eiserman factor. Okay, we remember Barry Sanders and Steve Eiserman when they were at their the top of the game, when they were the best. They're they're the best things that you could watch. And I want to hold on to that. Okay, I don't want to see a 50% Barry Sanders come back, and I want to see a 50% Steve. I well, the way the Wings are doing, you know, you might not mind a 50% Steve Eisenman right now, but, <laughs> but for, for me, if I'm going to see him, I don't want to see him and remember how he does in that match. I, I want to see him just so, you know, I can see him one more time. Not, not, I'm not going to store the match away and, and count it on his greatest moments. You know, I just want to be able to cheer for Shawn Michaels one more time. And, and that's pretty much where I'd be at with that. Okay. That's, and that's a great point for those of you out there who are listening to this. That's something you can take away from this. Next time you're watching a match that's meant for the nostalgia and not for the wrestling, don't take it to social media and complain about it. Just enjoy it for what it is. Um, good takeaway. Let's talk about for a minute or two or three, which was how long the match actually lasted. Lesnar and uh, Braun Strowman, it was literally a three-minute squash match. Um, <laughs> I, I'm assuming that was one of the negatives that you mentioned earlier, Tom. It was up there. 
It was was it uh, was it up there as bad as maybe the World Cup tournament or you know, worse than that? You know, I, I look at the the Lesnar Strowman match, and I I obviously I understand what they were trying to do. What they were trying to do is tell this paint this picture, tell the story of okay, Braun got distracted and hit towards the beginning. Then it took five F5s to beat Braun Strowman. He would have kicked out of three. He would have kicked out of four, but five beat him. And they're trying to tell you the story that, all right, well, he's still a really strong guy. The problem was how it came across. It was not depicted that way. It did not look that way. It looked like a squash match between your guy, Braun Strowman, who you built for months, years now. Hey, this is going to be our next guy. He had him lose to Brock. Again. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. You've done everything to this guy over the last couple of years. You know, you've thrown him in the – wasn't he thrown in a, a dump truck? Yeah, I think he was missing an off TV Survived for like that. a week. He got to, you know, spend the week in the dump truck, and then he came back on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he he died. Um, you know, they pulled a Vince McMahon. I mean, his limo wasn't blown up, but a title belt to the head is is what ultimately did it. After they beat this uh, this monster of a man, um, you're right. I get what they were trying to do. It and it didn't come across like that on TV. Um, yeah, just just bad booking on their part. I just I don't know. But but was it as bad as the World Cup tournament? Because in my opinion, the World Cup was a catastrophe. It was, and, I, and you can you can blame it on maybe you know Daniel Bryan and John Cena not working. Uh, well, I mean, Brian, more so Brian wasn't even John be, yeah. Cena, but was there any excuse for that? I, I look at it like this, and it didn't even upset me, and I wasn't even shocked by it, because it was such a McMahon thing to do. It was such a McMahon thing to do to say, we're going to build this best-in-the-world tournament for weeks and weeks and weeks and even months now. And we're going to have Shane McMahon be the best in the world. That's going to get great heat. And in reality, it's one of those things where it doesn't shock anyone. No one cares. Because where are you going with it? You know, we, we went through and we were talking about all those negatives. Well, here's another negative takeaway from Crown Jewel. They had two weeks to build Survivor Series. I don't think most people realize that. And now, you know, next week, we're, it's going to be the kind of the takeaways for what are we getting? And that's the build. And that's it. Um so I thought that hurt Survivor Series, too. And I think if we move forward and we look at Raw, we'll be able to tell this is a very fast, very pushed build. Yeah. You know, inserting Shane, in my opinion, guys, was a mistake to begin with. But Jay and I talked the other day about it. And um, I told him, I said, you know, if you're going to insert Shane, if you're, if you're going to do it, have him lose. Because the stipulation was... If somebody from SmackDown loses, they're out of a job. Shane loses, he's out of a job. He's no longer the commissioner. And then you got a storyline to play off of. So when Shane didn't lose and he actually went over clean on Dolph Ziggler, my thought was, okay, they're going to turn him heel. I mean, it's imminent, right? But then watching him on SmackDown on Tuesday, he seemed to be working for that babyface reaction. Now I'm all mixed up. I mean, is he... Is he turning heel? Is he a baby face? Is he a tweener? I, I think when you... I mean, what's... I, I think when you look at, at, at Shane, 
I think they want to paint the picture that he could be both, and they have no idea how to do that. So that's not going to happen. So when you look at Shane, I think eventually down the line they want to turn him heel, but not yet. Because right now it has to be that big, great McMahon feud. We have to have the power of Shane McMahon on SmackDown and the power of Stephanie McMahon on Raw. And we have to have this back and forth. So there has to be a face, there has to be a heel. Well, Stephanie is a much better heel, one of the best heels ever in the business. And then you have Shane. So Shane's going to have to play face if they keep feuding. It's just one of those things, and I think that's why when we watch and the way it came across with that back and forth, is that's probably why. Okay. Um, let's let's move on. Um, let's look further down the road. I know WrestleMania is still five months away, um, and that kind of worries me. I hope I get my income check by then, my income tax check by then, because uh, I plan on having two NXT beers. <laughs> well, well, Ben, Ben, slow down. <laughs> I, I don't want you dropping your entire check on NXT beers. Okay. Well, I've also been saving for a few months, so. Oh. Oh, okay, we're we're good. So then. you can get an NXT so six we're good. pack. <laughs> so I'll get uh, whoa NXT six pack. Yeah, we don't we don't make that Thomas Fenton money over here at Throw <laughs> the X, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, all right, Wrestling News World. <laughs> Listen, speaking speaking of WrestleMania, um, have you heard? I, I know it's early. Have you heard any insider rumblings? Any anything as far as the WrestleMania plans go? Well, WrestleMania at this point is really a uh, complete cluster, um, that four-letter word after it, because they've lost some of their matches already that they had really counted on. Uh, I think WWE had a lock for Triple H versus Batista at Mania. I think you kind of saw that tease on SmackDown 1000. Will Batista work with somebody else? I, I don't know. Um you know, I think I'll have an update next week because they, they've talked and already discussed. But, all right, so if we take that out, what else are we looking at? Well, the rumored main event was always Roman Reigns versus The Rock in New York. Well, un- unfortunately, you know, Roman's not going to be around for Mania. And is The Rock willing to do it with anyone else? Or was he just willing to kind of come back, you know, give the rub to Roman and be on his way? That, that I don't know. I can tell you that I'm sure Vince will spend money if The Rock is available to get him there with the loss of Roman Army Glooming. If we move underneath those matches, WWE has no idea right now. That loss of Roman really threw everything in the top for a mess. I mean, Brock wasn't originally even going to be around for Mania, and now he's definitely going to be there, it looks like. So I think right now it's too early to tell. I think in the next six weeks or so, we'll get a better gauge of what does Vince want at the top, and then they'll build from there. Okay. You know what? I may have uh, jumped the gun a little bit um, being so far out from WrestleMania. So let me ask you about possibly the second or third biggest pay-per-view of the year in uh, Survivor Series, uh, which we just seen on Raw and SmackDown this past week. Uh, the builds, the the matches starting to take shape. What were your thoughts on on Raw or SmackDown in, in in the early build to Survivor Series this week? You know, as we talked about that, Survivor Series build is very short because of Crown Jewel. So they had to get everything in and they have to get it in quick. Uh, as far as Raw goes, my biggest takeaway of it, I thought the show was not very good. 
from a watchability standpoint. Um, it was struggling at times. However, I thought the main event of Monday Night Raw was one of the better main events I have seen in years. I thought the storytelling of Kurt Angle can't get one over on this young, up-and-coming, going-to-be-a-superstar in Drew McIntyre, and just that different dimension of Drew's character they added with that kind of, all right, well, they were calling him the Scottish psychopath before, but he wasn't doing anything like that. Well, in that match, he did, and it really showed that extra layer of heelism in him as well. Thought it was great. I thought the finish was awesome. I had no issue with a legend like Kurt Angle losing one match to a guy that maybe could be becoming a superstar. I think a lot of people got really carried away with how WWE handles some of their veterans. I don't think this was mm-hmm. the case, however. Yeah, agree. And, and good for Kurt Angle, too, you know, putting him over. Uh, and did the same with Ziggler during the tournament, too. Um, both going over clean. Um, next week, next week's Raw, uh, Brock Lesnar is advertised. I want to know, I mean, because this is big news in the wrestling the wrestling world. Any news on Brock Lesnar? I mean, what's his deal right now? Literally, what's has he signed a, a new deal with WWE? How many more dates does he have? Does he two, three matches? Is he going to wrestle through WrestleMania? So, I think... Brock takes a lot of unnecessary hate with fans when in reality, I think if we looked at Brock, we kind of admire what he's doing. He is making the absolute most amount of money for himself. He is dangling the carrot in front of WWE. He's dangling the carrot in front of UFC. And Vince and Dana are chasing and chasing and chasing. Brock right now is signed for five dates, two matches at this point. There is no time frame on those. Brock still is anticipated that he's going to be working the next UFC show. Brock has never signed anything with UFC, saying he will. The only thing Brock, from a legality standpoint, has done is started doing the USADA drug testing to make himself available to fight. And that is it. So at this point, Brock's going to go where the money is. And if WWE is going to pay Brock $3 million, $4 million, $5 million for these little extensions here and here and here, or if WWE just says, hey, you know what? Instead of paying all this money, let's just pay him up front. Just give him $7 million a year, or if they want to. They have, they have TV rights money. Uh, then they're going to do it at this point, especially with Roman being gone. Okay. I'm... <laughs> Makes sense. Personally, you know, Brock, Brock Lesnar is not worth that kind of money anymore. Maybe a few years ago he was um, after ending the streak. But uh, you, you know the issue, Let's, if you want to talk the issue of value with Brock Lesnar, and here's my problem with it. When Brock Lesnar has put over four guys since returning to WWE years and years and years ago, that none of them were a day younger than 38 years old, that bothers me. You never use Brock to make your next guy and get your return on investment. You just have your asset of diminishing investment at this point in Brock Lesnar and how much he's getting paid. In your opinion, who 
is the one that gets the rub. Who who goes over Brock Lesnar? When it's actually time for him to hang up his his gear, go to the UFC, do what he has to do, who do you put over? So here's the thing for me. If it's Correct. me, Brock's putting over multiple people. It's not just one. In Brock's, what will end up being, it looks like in this Brock run, probably eight, nine, ten years when it's all said and done, he has put over anyone. So I could have built a lot of stars in the process. You're asking here and today, who am I putting over? I'm putting over Drew McIntyre. I'm putting Drew McIntyre over at WrestleMania in the main event in New York. Drew's my face, and he's the future of my company. If you're asking me who who does Lesnar put out on his way out, if it's a year from now, well, that it's Matt Riddle. I don't really think without okay. without those two guys. It's going to be very challenging to make an argument for me for anyone else at this point. Okay, Matt Riddle being another MMA guy, I can see that. Jay, do you agree with that? I know you're a big uh, Drew McIntyre guy. Is is he the one that uh, that ends it, that, that ends Brock Lesnar? I, I personally would love to see it be Drew McIntyre. I, I think Thomas is 100% correct on this. Um, unfortunately, Drew McIntyre, while he's younger... Um, Matt Riddle makes more sense for me just because I think Matt Riddle still has a lot of longevity left. Um, my, my problem with Matt Riddle is Thomas, I believe we talked about this the last time you were on the podcast is I have zero faith in the WWE putting over anybody that is less than, I don't know, six, three, which Matt Riddle of course is. And and that's what really worries me that he's not going to be in a spot to actually do that when it comes time to. But uh, but yeah, Drew McIntyre, I think I think that is a, a great option, a fantastic option in my opinion. Okay, and I agree. Let's let's take some uh, fan questions. Um, these questions are for Thomas Jay. Chime in whenever you want. Um, this first one's from Madison from Page, Texas. Uh, Madison asks, "What do you know about the rumored Tetsuya Naito story?" Uh, did he turn down an offer from Vince to stay in New Japan? And if that's the case, what was he thinking? So the rumored story is that WWE flew to Japan after Dominion. It made an offer to Naito at a coffee shop. This is the rumor. Um, Naito got up to go to the bathroom, left, and never came back. Uh, that that's the rumor. Wow. I am not buying the rumor. I'm not buying the rumor because Naito had a deal in place with New Japan and WWE is not risking a tampering thing with Naito. Personal opinion, guess. So so I've been I've been reading this on a lot of you know, kinda not not your main wrestling sites, not your wrestling news worlds, um, nothing like that, but but this is kind of catching yes. fire that that he he shot this down and and what you're saying is um there's really no way for that to have happened because he already had a deal in well, place what i'm right? saying is i i find the believability of the story very slim based on wb wouldn't put themselves in a tampering situation so again could this have happened at a different time sure the specifics of the story, I, I, I'm struggling to grasp this all. Okay, fair enough. Uh, this next one, let's see. We got one here from uh, Nolan. Nolan from Bradley, Illinois. 
Uh, Nolan wants to know what three names recently added or in NXT will have the biggest main roster impact in the next five years. So if we're talking impact from a superstar perspective, which talent worker is going to make the biggest impact in the main roster? Uh, it's tough. It's so yeah, t- no one really put you on the spot here, Tom. He wants he wants three names, <laughs> not just one. He wants three names recently added or in NXT over the next five years. We'll have the biggest yeah, it's impact. It's tough because you know what it takes to be a superstar on the main roster. And unfortunately, that's what they've thrown at us, unless you're the few exceptions. So I'm going to go with... I think Matt Riddle will be a superstar, but I think there'll be a lot of bumpy roads before that happens. I think War Machine, or sorry, War Raiders, will be superstars as a tag team goes because of their size, because of their in-ring work. I think they're going to be a tag team in the main roster who's really good for a really long time. I think Shayna Baszler has potential to be a very top women star in WWE. With that being said, it's so hard for me to pick out guys like a Ricochet, who's amazing, or an Adam Cole, just because I worry about what's going to happen to them once they reach the main roster. Okay, let me let me throw my own twist on this time. Yeah, Jay, you were you were coming next. Don't worry. I know you're you're a huge NXT guy. Don't worry. I was going to ask you that same question. Well, bull, but I here's what I want to hear from Tommy. Okay, um, okay. um, for, forget the 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 way that. NXT guys are being booked in WWE today. Let's say that you are in charge of main roster booking. Give me the three guys that you are calling NXT and you are saying, hey, these guys, I want them up here now because these guys are going to be superstars. Who are you taking? Who am I taking? Well, I think you're ready to come up right now. A lot different of a question, you know, and obviously if I'm using the same system is, is WBA, then I'm going to go off their terms of, you know, who do I think is ready. Um, that shit's tough. I would probably go with Ricochet, Adam Cole, and if I went ready, I'd probably grab Ono, to be honest with you, because I, I think having someone there to put over younger talent's great, but it being the same guy over and over and over again makes it too much like the gatekeeper type thing of NXT where that person needs to be interchangeable. But I think with those guys, they, they'd all flourish doing whatever. I think they're amazing talent. Um, and you have Chop and Gargano right after that. But in all reality, I think there's so much talent on that NXT roster. And I don't want anyone in WWE to lose their job. That said, I, there's so many guys that should be called up already that are so much better than some people who may be employed right now. Okay. Fair enough. This this last question here um, is for all three of us. Thank you, um, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. From Stephen Stephen, is it? I think it's Stephen, Minnesota. Ryan from Stephen, Minnesota. Um, Ryan wants to know what would be your current pick to main event WrestleMania. Oh, my 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 current pick would be Brock Lesnar losing the. Undisputed title to Drew McIntyre with Daniel Cormier as the referee because I think it plays into every storyline and angle. And it keeps me away from seeing anything between Brock and Cormier at WrestleMania. I think that's a that's a great answer. I, wow. I Honestly, I didn't think of that one. Um, 
Ben, I'm going to let you go second because I don't want to steal your thunder on this one. Oh, I have no thunder to be stolen. Actually, uh, Thomas already stole my thunder. His was way better. I didn't get creative because there were a lot of different routes I could have taken. Uh, Storyline-wise, um, wrestling-wise, I just chose Finn Balor versus AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Um for a couple reasons, I'm a huge Finn Balor guy. You guys know that. Uh, I'm a huge AJ Styles guy. Um, I th- I hope, I, th- I think and I hope that AJ Styles hangs on to the WWE Championship until WrestleMania. Um, and I'd like to see him in a match with Finn Balor. While I know Finn Balor is on Monday Night Raw and AJ Styles is on SmackDown, um, somebody's going to call me out on that. One of our listeners, relax guys, it's my dream. Okay, I was asked the question. I got creative. That's who I'd have. Balor, Styles for the championship. And, okay. and I think that's a great answer too. And um, I'm, oh, I want to, I, I want to preface my answer by giving out an honorable mention. And that's uh, to me, if you put Becky Lynch in a high-profile match, I, I know Ronda Rousey's already tied up with Charlotte Flair. But, man, if you could get her in, um, Becky Lynch is the man. I mean, she is just setting the world on fire right now. I, th- I thought her promo on SmackDown was amazing. Um, and I would love, if there is going to be a women's main event, I think that she has to be a part of it. And I would love to see that. But But that's not my number one pick. And I know... I know that I am going to get so much crap for this, and I don't give a damn. I, I know once this goes off the air, I know my phone's going to get lit up by Thomas Fenton calling me an idiot because he's done it many a times, and he's going to do it again. My number one match at WrestleMania to main event would be Shawn Michaels permanently retiring The Undertaker. And I don't I don't care that it would be an absolute terrible match because it would be. It, it would be horrendous. It would be hard on the eyes to watch. But I think that there is a poetic justice to having The Undertaker's final match against Shawn Michaels just like he supposedly did to Shawn Michaels so many years ago. And, and I just think that, man, wouldn't that be a great tie-up to both of their wrestling careers to both of their stories to have them face off one more time and have it being Shawn Michaels retiring The Undertaker. I think that that would be fantastic. It it would rank so high up there in wrestling moments for me, even though the match itself would be absolutely brutal to watch. Okay, well, hey, listen, I don't want to wait until next week to hear about the text message you got after we went, went off the air. We've got Thomas <laughs> Fenton right now. <laughs> Tom, what, do you, what do you have to say about that, Tom, before we before we shut her down? It would pain me immensely to have to sit through another Shawn Michaels Undertaker match. <laughs> Furthermore, to ruin and poo-poo on your story. Would this also mean that The Undertaker then eight years later will come back and wrestle at WrestleMania again like Shawn did? And, and then re-retire Shawn Michaels? They just keep having retirement matches. For is, hundreds is of years. Every, oh, yeah, late, every eight boys. years. Hey, but I like the creativity, Jay. I like uh, <laughs> I like the poetic justice. Um, all right, listen, hey, before I shut her down, Tom, Thomas, thanks again for being here with us. I can't thank you enough. This goes without saying, but you're welcome back anytime, my friend. And, um, and 
And I would also like to point out, because it, it hasn't been mentioned today, if you do not subscribe to Wrestling News World, uh, the premium section, a lot of this stuff that, that, that Thomas is giving us right now, you would already know, because he posts so much great stuff. A, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this show is drawn directly from that premium section, so you guys really need to get on that. It's a, it's a fantastic option for the wrestling fan. Absolutely. So visit WrestlingNewsWorld.com. All kinds of insider news and content. Follow Thomas on Twitter at Thomas Fenton WNW. Um, and also keep submitting your questions directly to Throw the X Twitter account at TTX Wrestling. Check out ThrowTheX.com for opinion pieces by yours truly, um, as well as an archive of Throw the X podcast episodes. Um, all right, good show, everybody. Hey, guy with the cool voice, send us off, baby. Thank you for listening to Throw the Podcast. Join us again next week for even more wrestling commentary.